I'll be writing too. My name is Matthew Kroll. And you made my life beautiful. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Sound of which is kind of amazing because we're just gonna i'm gonna peek behind the curtain here and just say it took us an hour and a half to to actually get some sound on this episode the sound glad metal technically this is audio and sound (laughs) across chips that are made partially of metal that's true that's true and there was a reason it took us we we persevered we were happy to do it well i was happy to do it matt i saw you grumbling a little bit oh i I've, i've already got my beer i'm fine now uh, but let- that's because we're joined by a special guest. <laughs> that is true. To 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 walk us through uh, this this auditory uh, cinematic experience, we have invited uh, a good friend of the show, uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist, uh, who has played with some folks, uh, such as oh, I don't know, Slash, uh, and who also has a solo album coming out this year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tash Neal to our digital stage. Hi, buddy. Hey, I'm so thrilled to be with you. You know, I love you guys. Man, you guys are like my <laughs> brothers, man. You know, I wish I could hug you right now. You know, I know. Nice. We used to get to do what a delight with Chelsea White uh, at yes. at your residence. Uh, Speaking uh, of Chelsea show. White, J- Chelsea White. <laughs> I just saw her walk past there. Just yeah. the ill um, celebrity passed by. I saw yes. it. I saw it in the Skype call. You know um, and, yeah. and I know it's so it's so nice to at least at the very least be able to speak with you over over all of these metal sounds uh, the way we have to do it these days. Yeah, no, it is truly. Um, I'm happy to talk about anything music related. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tash, t- t- actually, yeah, on that note, you have been uh, performing live on your Instagram feed. Is that correct for uh, the last few months? You know, yeah, it's actually. It was odd because you know when I started, it was for an older audience, so it was actually on <laughs> Facebook. Like, to, like my age. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to say. It. But no, yeah, no, it was on uh, Facebook. So I started that on that. It was the quick quarantine concert. Concert. Yeah. All yeah. quantas. Quick sorry. quarantine concert for Kwanzaa. Oh, well, not yet, but <laughs> now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, and it's been great. And that's what I've been doing, just in giving me something to do. But yeah, no, just kind of a thing to do for myself and do music. But uh, yeah, no, it's been lucky to do that. Yeah. And I mean, what's like for us, uh, the industry has been kind of weird. Everyone's shifting to remote work. Uh, The you know, like people are actually creating entire shows remotely now. Like what's happening in the music world? Because you kind of used to recording at home in some capacity, but I'm guessing you're not going to the studio anymore. No, I mean, I, you know, luckily I've had some opportunities and especially recently, like I'm filming some things for a couple of festivals coming up and I've yeah. done things for festivals um, per quarantine. So thankfully, um, the industry itself has managed to find a way to, yeah. you know, um, make it interesting for the artists that they know. But, I, you know, I have to say for myself, um, I, I've always felt lucky because, you know, all of the musicians that I'm friends with, We've always had a community and all the people we've worked with have a community. So um, it's always been like people have been looking out for you. And, um, you know, I, I feel blessed in that way. Um, yeah. If that makes sense, you know. But you ju- you also just released a single called Something Ain't Right, yeah. which I was getting down mm-hmm. to because I, I got I, now again, musically speaking, kind of had a Sly and the Family Stone kind of vibe to it. Uh, I wonder if that was like an influence or like, can you tell us a little bit about that track? Oh yeah, no. Sly was Sly is like one of the biggest influences ever. Me and um 
Chelsea, who's my love of my life, you know, um, we were talking. Uh, we were talking to my mom like a couple of minutes ago, and um, you know, she worked for Sony Music for a long time in Colombia, and would give me all these records. and And one of the biggest influences of my life was Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, and so I always wanted to make a record that was like very, very black sounding. Honestly, yeah, and uh, and and nobody that I mixed with for years could understand what I was talking about <laughs> for years. And yeah. um, and this guy Eric Hogemeyer, who's you know my my man's man, this is a brother of mine, and I, you yeah, know, spoke to him the other day. But, you know, he's like, we've worked together for a long time. Shout out to E.B. Salas. Um, you know, we, we've worked together for a long time. And when we were mixing together, I said, listen, I needed to sound so heavy that if I'm in the other room, I'm going to hmm. need to come into the other room. So yeah. when we mixed the record, the whole album, every yeah. song, I would be like, I'm going to stay in the kitchen. <laughs> You're going to mix in this room. And until it's popping enough. Yeah. Not like it wasn't like that, but it's like we both understood. It's like, all yeah. right. We You're setting up a right. uh, yeah, workflow. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, the strings need to be this, you know, yeah. feeling, and this needs to be that feeling. And he knew before sometimes I knew, really. Yeah. So that was kind of the beautiful relationship that we had. But, you know, this is a white dude from Michigan, Detroit. <laughs> truly. <laughs> truly. And, and, and a punk rock guy. And, you know, drummed for Patti Smith and played for the Debet House benefits. And, you know, my dad's from Detroit and coming from a very different place. Yeah. And but the the beauty was we came together and he knew what I was trying to accomplish with this. And, and I knew that he understood where I was coming from. And we always had that relationship. And that was really dope. And and to be able to trust somebody that doesn't look like you and completely understands what you're talking about is truly so special. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of the most yeah. beautiful things ever. You know. And I think one of the other things is, is that like a lot of that early '70s funk, uh, it's it's a heavily political track, right? Like it's 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 a politically charged. I mean, it's directly politically charged. You tell us about like the feeling, you know, like what you were what you were conjuring up when you were writing this, because oh, it yeah. feels very specific. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Um, we, you know, at the time, uh, I was working, you know. And I and I had some success doing some licensable things, yeah, um, things that were palatable. Um, but at the time I was writing, it was the death of Philando Castile, and by the death yeah. I mean the murder. Yeah, yeah. And so he was killed, and I was like kind of pissed off, and by kind of I mean very. Yeah. <laughs> and you know I was sitting there, and I was like, all right, and that's how the song came about. And then I was like, all right, well then. You know, I have to be very direct about it. I didn't yeah. want to be um, kumbaya. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a waste of time. I think that, um, and clearly, I mean, I hate to be on the nose, but, you know, we're living in very conspicuous times. We're having literal assaults on our capitals. Yeah. Things that we were told, and I was telling Chelsea today, I said, I'm pissed that the teachers I, the social studies teachers I had, you know, right. yeah. that's what all these, can we talk about this? 
I yeah. spent years in social studies class talking about democracy when these mother they didn't care at all. <laughs> no. You know, it was never about that ever. Yeah, and I mean, and, and again, uh, you, we're, we are recording this just so everyone sort of knows where we're at uh, in, in time when we record this episode. Of course, this comes out on Sunday. Um, we are recording this the evening uh, that um, the 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 Trump cosplayers uh, crashed in into the into the state's capital and tried to uh, delay the ratification of uh mike pence as or the reading of the electoral college votes to make my uh, not mike pence to make um joe biden our next president uh officially so we're all a little reeling uh from that right now um i'm i'm oddly disconnected from the whole thing I, so I, you're, I, in, I, you're in a closet yeah. right now no no i mean i was angry about <laughs> Literally. it earlier but now i'm just oddly just emotionally disconnected from it and it's just kind of like it's 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 a it's just this void in my life that's happening over there you know like it's just this weird thing that's just like over there and it's very strange you know what and- i will say you know what i will say the tech problems we were having before this podcast were the clearest my mind had been all day like we were trying to get this working and so now bad. i'm actually i'm looking at that frustration in a different way of sort of like a beautiful uh release of like mental energy to get me back on like an actual track well tesh and the other thing is your track something ain't right kind of sums it all up which is just like what do we you know like it, this the world just ain't right right now like oh. it just does nothing oh yeah no nothing completely up is down nothing makes sense and there's not a lot you know like this, this was the frustration. Is. This was the frustration I felt, you know, or to be, I guess, palatable to people that understand this in the context of the last 365 days would be June, or yeah. the quote unquote, um, as Jared Kushner put it, the, <laughs> the George Floyd troubles. The um, troubles. The troubles, <laughs> as he said. Um, you know, but you know, before that. Um, there was Philando Castile, it was Trayvon, it was Freddie Gray, it was Sandra Bland, it was everybody. And yeah. um, it was all of us. And, uh, you know, so I was like kind of pissed about it. And that's yeah. why I was like, all right, this song makes sense at the time for me. Um, uh, yeah, so today is kind of a bummer. I hate to like, skirt all the past it but it's like today i'm just thinking like damn man like what a wild what a wild time to live through where we're just out here like this and um in a way um having to confront such a stark contrast between very specific legal realities if we will not to get too heavy but just that's what we do we we, we get we get off topic. We get heavy. Uh, I mean, it, well, it's it's kind of apt a little bit too. Not necessarily topically, but I. I think say, it has to do with the movie. Yeah, there's like yeah. an emotional through line that kind of makes sense. Absolutely. I was thinking about it last night. Yeah. Well, and I, I just got to say though, I love the track. I think it's. Uh, I think everyone should listen to it right now if you can. If you uh, are on Spotify, you can uh, Google uh, Tash Neal and something I write. It's it, it is a song of the moment. And I think one thing as well. I remember pre uh, coronavirus, there was actually a track I was gonna direct the music video for that was very politically motivated. Uh, it the 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 problem was is that everyone who wanted to do it kind of at some point backed away from it because they were like, I don't know if we should, this it's, it was pretty, 
uh, directly charging Donald Trump with a lot of things, and it said a lot of very um, uh, heaven forbid I, I guess, uh, inappropriate things about him. Um, More appropriate and, things about him. Yeah, I mean, but but I will say it's one of my biggest regrets is that we didn't do that video, and sure. I I kind of wished we had kind of followed through with it. So I love the fact that you did this track. I love the fact that that you did it in June and we are in January right now and it seems to resonate even stronger than it did than I you know when I first heard it. Um, so yeah. you know kudos you know like kudos to you for actually channeling your um, your frustrations into your art. Listen and I, I want to thank you again for bringing it up because it was um, it took kind of some guts. It was me and my yeah. brother decided to like pull the imagery together and he was kind of you know, we talked about it and he was like, I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's that, there's that moment, footage. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. And he said, you know, I don't know about this lynching photo. And I said, I yeah. do know. Yeah, it's got to be it. Photo. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I do know. Because yeah. and and the brilliance that he brought to it, he, he zoomed out of the photo. And a lot of times if you watch Ken Burns photos yeah. and and, yep. and 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 um. Um, you know, documentaries, he zooms in and that's his brilliance. And what I love about what we did with the video is we zoom out on the lynching photo because we need to see the humanity that was willing to lynch people at the time. Yeah. And, and people act like it was, you know, a fringe thing and they, well, they'll probably do the same thing um, to with today. I had to say it, it is January 6th, yeah. you know, <laughs> Well, they're already um, doing it. They're already doing it on the Senate floor right now. They're already being like, "This is this is not yeah. who this people." It's like, "Ah, oh, motherfucker!" It. Yeah, it is. Uh, it really is, yeah. and they've been saying this, and and it's upsetting because, uh, you know, someone's lost their life, and and it is that serious, and and we and we will be judged, yeah, um, years from now, for what we do now. But I am, you know. I feel good that, you know, some of us are able to put into words what the inequality is. And that's what I tried to do in this song, yeah. Something I Write, is to say specifically why people are yeah. upset, specifically why things are um, not equal. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and the ways to remedy that. And I and I do hope people listen to the second verse of that song. And I do hope people just listen to the tune in general. Have a good time with it. It's a dancing bop after yeah. all, folks. <laughs> Don't get too in your feelings. You know? No, you know the other people get the scared. Other... I'm told we're the snowflakes. I'm I find it funny, frankly. <laughs> um know. the other track it kind of reminds me of is uh is uh Mississippi Goddamn, you know, the Nina Simone track. It kind of just uh, it's got that sort of like vibe to it where it's constant it's it's like there's an undercurrent of of being playful but like really saying what you're trying to say by the end of it and i you know like i i feel that nina simone kind of like that anger come through um as the song progresses that means a lot to me that it even came across because a lot of people were like oh you know even before I, this song was you know i really and me and my brother kind of fought to put this out yeah um, me and him and the label um, and you know my manager yeah. Riley and we got it together and you know it took some time 
but before that, it was kind of depressing to think about, <laughs> you know, how people, you know, I, I really, I, I, I was in a meeting once when someone asked me, they said, and this was after, see, I mean, this isn't, this is before George Floyd, you know, people have been choked to death. Before. Yeah. This is before that. And this lady said, you know, this song, something ain't right, obviously. And I, and I didn't want to say Black Lives Matter. I said, our, li- our lives, all of yeah, our yeah. lives <laughs> matter, just like all of our lives. The all lives matter logic that they said themselves. But this one, she said to me, could you just make it something so right? <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, you know I've, I've been in those meetings, and that's the second that you go, no, you've just solidified exactly why it's got to be something ain't right. So now. here, I, and I, uh, see, and I, yeah. this, is, this is what I'm saying. And that's, that's, exactly that's the minute that's it happens. I've, I've been in those meetings where like someone says, can you tone it down? And you're like, it truly, now we're going to a living. <laughs> no, it, tru- it truly did um, yeah. solidify it for me. And, yeah. and, and, and for my bandmate, Chris St. Hilaire, who's, you know, my brother. And he said, oh my God. And and he's a white guy, and he yeah. said, and he was my brother through a lot of it, and he said, you know, this is crazy. This could is you really just could you just make it about Kraft macaroni and cheese? Like, <laughs> I mean, I really feel like that's what the people want. Shut the yeah. fuck up. No, well, it, it's it, the odd thing is, these are the same people that are so sensitive about everything else. Oh, yeah. very much so. And life Very much and all so. of this, but when it comes to, a, you know, a song about caring about people that don't look like them, they go, "I don't really feel like this is important." You know? Yeah. Well, the word, the the uh, the catchphrase that everyone uses when I get into those meetings is, "It's not marketable." It and isn't always, marketable. It, it is, is not, not marketable. It yeah, yeah. But it's marketable. it's funny because that's the track that'll that will be that will stand the test of time. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, <laughs> it's not marketable is another <laughs> phrase for we don't want to market it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, um, this is this is my favorite day ever to say that in the history of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly, so, I've never so, felt better well, about saying this. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the. I mean, the. Uh, one of the reasons uh, when we decided to do this film that we're like, oh, yes, we have to 100% get Tash on is I think uh, you are uh, one of the most talented people musically that I have ever met. And also, I know that you have a deep knowledge of sort of like the the I, I, I don't want to say like, I guess sort of I'll say live music culture. Um, uh, and it's a world that I don't know very much about. So when, uh, granted, I used to listen to uh, more metal back in the day than I do currently. Um, <laughs> so I, it's uh, I'll get into a little bit more of that later. But I definitely wanted someone who has sort of been similar places where this character, not not physically, but sort of like on a on a professional journey that this character has been to sort of help relate to that. So I'm very glad that you could uh, you could sort of be here with us for it. Well, and and Ta- well, Tash, I got to say one other thing is I got to apologize in advance because after I I watched this film twice and it was the second time when I realized that we were having you on the show where I was like, oh shit, I this is so this is such an upsetting thing to ask someone to watch, especially <laughs> yeah, this is such an upsetting film to ask a musician to watch, and I was like, I suddenly got this pang of guilt where I was like, fuck, I really did. It's like asking me to like watch something a movie about blindness. 
and like like asking a filmmaker to watch a movie about like losing their their sight and i was like this is so upsetting i i apologize a thousand <laughs> times in advance <laughs> Next time that we'll is... have you on for for an Avengers film or something. Yeah. <laughs> wait, can I have wait? Can can you have me on for my uh, eventual nervous breakdown? <laughs> for uh, this yes. Film? Yes. For, yeah, for yes. this film, no, only specifically this film. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks. The, so um, Matt, hmm. could you give us a rundown of what Sound of Metal is about? Oh, I sure can. IMDb says the Sound of Metal, not the Sound of Metal. I keep wanting to say the Sound of Metal, like the Sound of Music. Regardless, Sound of Metal is as follows. A heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. Accurate. 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 Thank you, IMDb, for not spoiling anything and and letting us know exactly sort of what happened. Um, I... I didn't quite know what to expect uh, going into this movie. I mean, that's kind of... The the, the outline that they just gave was what I knew about it. Mm -hmm. But the concept... Uh, obviously is a is a terrifying one obviously from a musician standpoint or any any artist or or vocational person who relies I mean as all of us do on a certain sense or a certain you know ability to do the thing that you either love or makes your living or both uh, going away and how a how a person uh, reacts to that based on uh, you know not only who they are but how the world treats them in general Um like you said, Shahir, this is a sad as hell movie. Uh, I think just if we're getting into sort of first thoughts about it, I I thought it was incredibly powerful, and I thought it was it was. There's some connective tissue I'll talk about later that I think really makes like all of the stuff, all, all of the emotional resonance is solid enough on its own. But there are a few specific moments that uh, basically almost like a song resonate across the entirety of the narrative that like all, that sort of basically turn the the notes of 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 what this character is going through into an actual like I don't know it just it all meshes together so perfectly for me I I was so sad and moved by the end of this thing um uh, Darius Martyr I believe the director's name yeah Cheer, it's his, is that his directorial debut yeah which yeah. is insane have you seen the place beyond the pines no uh, he wrote the place beyond the pines and it's uh, uh which is directed by Derek Cianfrance uh and it's uh, equally astonishing yeah like his writing and 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 this film yeah um so i was uh 100% blown away by this so I'll, I'll go into a little more specifics later but uh but but uh Shahir Tash how are you uh, who how how did this affect you guys i, I wanted to interject not only yeah. because i noticed Derek Cianfrance directed it but you ne- you mentioned the director his brother wrote the theme song for the film, the end song credit, which the one, oh, which really? yes, was, the director was, of Sound of Metal, his brother, wrote the end credit theme song, and I noticed that, and I said, "Wow, okay." <laughs> and I noticed that Derek, uh, Derek Cien France was an executive producer, but was not a co-director. And I said, "Okay, interesting." Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, because he. he 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 directed uh, the place beyond the pines exactly, and um, I knew and I knew he knew about mood pieces, and I and I yeah. felt like this was a mood piece generally. Yeah. But I had to say, I noticed that oh okay, the brother had done this musical end piece. That was the that was the, the end piece in specific. I was going to bring up later, but it, the the way the film ends, and we'll get to that too. But like 
very rarely even on an emotional ride will I, I watched it with with Jamie and we were sitting there and we were silent and just watched the credits and listened to that song mm. and that's a rarity in our movie going experience to do that and I was like this is the it was such an apt track to put at the end so it's interesting that it was uh, actually written by him so that's that's yeah that's crazy <laughs> Tesh, I'm really curious. Uh, this is a world that you know a lot more about than either Matt and I. Um, and, and I kind of, again, apologizing in advance. Uh, how triggering was this film for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, not too much. Um, right. Only in the sense that it reminded me of everything I do professionally ever. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know, it's it's it was cool because um oddly enough, it was romantic for me to watch because we're in a pandemic now. Yeah. I don't get to do and I and I have I have a few notes, but you know, folks. Um yeah. I mm-hmm. have a few notes. And I and I was, you know, very moved by the loading in scenes and, you know, yeah, the the, the, the um, camaraderie between bands, and when you yeah. you know you show up and you go, have you sound checked yet? Oh no, I haven't sound checked yet. You know, I'm setting up my merch, and uh, oh, how much are you charging this? And the lady spits on her shirt. And I thought that was very <laughs> funny, and I said, yeah. oh, I guess that must be you know a slice of life of the metal world. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I, I did enjoy that. I, did, I really did. You know, that 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 was the only thing. I, that was where I started. Putting like, oh, I see myself. That's like the first five minutes of the movie, brother. I know. I, I got my heart rate went up. You know, my blood pressure yeah. went up. You know. it, in fact, it's it's that scene where the audio drops out and he starts like, you know, like he he has that moment the right in one. that scene, oh, yeah. right after she spits on the shirt, where like, oh, something's wrong here. Well, I, I have to say that that was the. F- you know, that scene specifically was when I said, wow, whoever did the audio engineering on this film did an incredible job and yeah, probably needs yeah. an award for this because, you know, I felt the stress yeah. of like losing mm-hmm. those high frequencies because that's what it feels like. You yeah. know, you start losing those higher frequencies and they go, if you heard that, you're done. And, yeah. and, and you know, as a person that's been on the road, uh, I've heard that a lot, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I'm lucky. You know, I still have my hearing. Um, yeah. And I and I thought about that a lot. Listen uh, and watching this film, listening to this film. That's what I almost said. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's also you know, it's also that it, it kind of like mirrors the I guess what we've seen in sports movies a lot. You know, where it's like an athlete loses an ability or something like that, or some you know, like the the boxer who suddenly got you know who's starting to get Parkinson's, or you know, they're starting to see the damage, the thing they love doing, starting to do to their body, you know, like starting to have repercussions to their body. And it's, it's typically, yeah, like I, I'm not certain I've seen a movie about a musician in this way. I probably, um, I mean, there's probably a film about Beethoven who, you know, went, you know, was Dave. I'm sure there must be uh, a Beethoven movie. I know there was one. No, with, I don't um, even know what Gary, you're talking with, about. With Gary Oldman, uh, which I, I don't recall, but. Um, I know there was Amadeus. That was a popping movie. But that was about Mozart, right? Uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I I got okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in real quickly here. This is one of the movies of the year for me, like hands down, without a doubt. Uh, at this point, it's probably the best movie I've seen this year. Um, uh, I was absolutely floored 
by not just not just the the, the sort of the the technical um, the sort of underlying technical quality of this, which is that it is it is sort of deceptively well made. You know, like it's a movie that feels a little bit ragtag and kind of assembled quickly, and it has that sort of loose feel to it. But it is very deceptively well made. As you mentioned, the sound design is astonishing. The 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 way the it film is. kind of constructs. Um, uh, Ruben's point of view on how he's hearing things is really uh, it's you, you sort of get that initial fear and then it gives way to like okay how does this world how, how do I navigate the world and I think the movie really again uh, deceptively well made is so good at point of view and putting you in the place uh, putting you in his place and understanding exactly how he's going to navigate the world now. Well, so this, oh, I just want to okay. chime in real quick to sort of piggyback off that. I think that comes from what you said, Shahir. So we're used to seeing stories like this in sports films. Yeah. Right. But when you're watching a sports film, even if you played that sport, you don't have the, the, you might get an emotional sort of tether to it, but you don't have a sort of like physical representation of the injury that is causing you to not perform anymore. Where here, while, you know, we'll never know for sure the accuracy because we haven't gone through it and hopefully we never do, there is the actual auditory effect that we are experiencing, how odd, how uncomfortable, how how it does not feel good. Like, we, there, it's, it's like an additional way the yes. film is able to affect you emotionally because it's affecting you physically more than like a, a, a story like this might in a sports film. And and to that end as well, I think also we they set up the world of like live gigging so well mm -hmm. where it's like we understand that like he's not like a rock star, he's not like a superstar or anything like that. He's just an ordinary guy who's hustling out there. And so you know, like he's selling his merch out, you know, like with him and uh, and Lou uh, Olivia Cook's character, they're like moving from gig to gig to gig. It really the like everything's on the line by him losing his hearing. You know, like he even he he can't he can't quite let go of the fact that this is his life either. And I think that's the sort of part of this that's done so well as well is that we understand the stakes so well. Well, and I, I must speak on on both of those um, yeah. philosophical platitudes. You know, on one end, um, you know, one is married to artistic you know i'm a punk rocker and you know i'm gonna die for this yeah um at some point you know you become deaf and you can't hear anything and that's what i thought the brilliance of this movie was was that it was this you know this guy having to admit that you know the one thing that made his self-concept essentially, the one thing that made him who he was, he was this, you know, metal drummer with his girlfriend and they were on the road in this RV in the movie. Um, and then his girlfriend, you know, and him were on the road and, and then he became deaf and, you know, he couldn't fake it anymore. And that's what I thought was beautiful about it was he couldn't fake it anymore as well. But the idea that you know, I don't, it's 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 hard. You know, for myself as a musician, um, it's scary to think about losing your hearing, um, in general. Uh, yeah. But again, I go back to um, 
separate from the question, I go back to um, the realities of the filming of the movie. I go back to uh, it's just my comfort space of like thinking about how it was filmed and you know the realities of the situation, despite the psychological effects of losing her hearing and becoming deaf when trying to make music is if you're a drummer in the situation, at least you can kind of follow the physical cues. Yeah. If that makes sense. But but there is that, there, I, I think one of the things, the, the reason I was kind of freaked out about getting you to watch it as well is that the there is kind of like uh, an almost horror quality to like the first 20 minutes of the movie when he's losing his hearing. Like there's this moment where the, the, the doctor says to him, you've got 28% of your hearing left and the wrist ain't coming back and all you what you have to do right now is maintain the hearing you have and the very next scene is him in a gig drumming and you're like oh my god i can't believe he's doing you know like i can't believe he's like and every note he hits is like right. is like a knife hit to, to to the audience you know it's like i he needs to get out of the situation immediately you know what's crazy i felt as stressed when yeah. when he was doing it but i also felt like I could be him. I was like, you know what? I would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Because there's, I think the other, the brilliance of the performance, uh, Riz Ahmed's performance here is that, you know, that you can see that he's internally negotiating. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I know it's going, I'm not going to accept it. If I just fight through it, I'm going to get, I'm going to get through this. But like the, the reality when he meets the doctor is like, it's gone. It's not coming back. You know, like you're, this is, your your hearing is is rapidly decreasing, and it's going to keep going. And you see that? Oh, sorry. No, I was just thinking. I mean, I almost feel like that is the one thing. Like, not every musician can understand, but I feel like all of us can understand and not wanting to give up such yeah. a prince, like such a you know, such an important aspect to our life. Yeah. A sense. It's, it's of defining. Life. It's like the defining thing about his life, right? right. Like it's. it's it's who he is. It's everything he is, is this. Well, right. on top of that, too, you have the addiction story, which I don't know I don't know if either of you, and we can speak to this uh, for a little bit, uh, either have experienced addiction or know people in your, in your circles that you've been close with. Um, and that aspect sort of hit real hard for me. It's funny, I didn't even know... In the very beginning of the film... After the first gig, before the hearing loss, when they're in the trailer and he's making breakfast and doing his routine, yes, yeah. I instantly thought, I'm like, oh, he's an addict. I like, thought the yeah. same thing because routine is important in recovery, and 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of things there. And then to have the movie handle that and show show the 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 darkness and the strength and sort of like the the, the gambit of of emotional states that you are in as a, a, a recovering addict and to have them both in the performance itself the small moments the big moments etc on top of the tragedy of what's happening to this man who can't uh who can no longer do the thing that he loves or or it seems feels like like sets him apart um is just sort of a whole nother level and then the experience, of course, of going to the um, the support group um, for for deaf individuals because that's where he needed to go was I don't know it, the, the, it's it's weird because there this movie sets up what like you said here like what some might consider horror scenarios but then shows you sort of beauty around it but it's not in a saccharine way 
It's not in yeah. a like, everything's going to be fine because you believe in the power of friendship. It's like, it's, 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 it's honest. It's, it's honest. honest. And That's I, yeah. the word. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's an I honest mean, film with the experience. Look, the, the, I was, th so I watched it twice and the thing I got about it, the thing I thought about the second time around was how many individual scenes on their own terms are just beautiful moments. And like the, when you, when he goes to meet, um, this guy, Paul Ritchie, I think his name is, mm -hmm. who's the, uh, the counselor. I think his name was just He's, Joe. Yeah, the the actor who plays yeah. him is Paul Ritchie, uh, and I was like, you get this sense that it was like, oh, this has got to. It's such a great performance where you go, that's what that guy actually does for a living. It's surely like they actually just went to a place and got that guy, right? Like it's, it couldn't be anything else. But it is an actor giving a performance. It's just such a great performance. And um, he, you know, like they, they're in that room and he's sort of explaining how the, how the, um, um, the support group works. And, and Joe, uh, Ruben said, you know, like he basically says, how long have you been uh, in recovery? And he says, four years. And then like, they talk a little bit more and he's like, how long have you been with Lou? And he's like, four years. And it's like everything you need to know about who this character is, yes. what everything's going to happen. And I like, I love as well that his tattoos, like, like they tell a story about what his recovery process has been like, you know, like his, there's a tattoo on his chest that says, please kill me. And you know, there's like underwear on his back and he's like, he's just, he, he's a person who has to express himself boldly. And he also gave a tattoo to one of yeah, his and he gives it. He gives a tattoo later on. Right. One of the people yeah. that he trusted in the group. Yeah. I thought that was quite moving as well. And I, and I have to touch on what you guys are both saying is that, you know, having been touring and all that you know most of the musicians i know are recover you know recovering right. everything so it's like that's it's par for the course really yeah yeah all of that every story and all of the things that they talk about so it's like all the meetings everything so that's very very par for the course yeah um, but what was interesting in their way of doing it in this movie was in the metal scene you know mm. um i remember in my early 20s um going down and we used to play a couple of punk shows uh mm -hmm. i was in a rock band and we would uh you know try to do different shows and be open for this punk band you know some punk bands were um one of their things was being sober you know that was a thing that had like yep. strikes and all straight that. edge yeah, yeah, straight edge, right? And it was cool, you know. That was like a cool thing, and um, and I always thought that was that was pretty rad that they, you know, uh, did that. And um, I thought it was interesting. And um, but uh, to see it in film, however many twenty years later, is very interesting <laughs> to me. And also to know all these cats that I know that like fifty years old that are also recover, you know, in recovery. Um, it's interesting, and they're all musicians, even people in the arts, you know. I was watching a Dick Van Dyke interview earlier, and he's, right. you know, in recovery. So it's like everybody in the arts, you know, essentially. I yeah, think and I think, I think the, the, like, the what's great about the group that he finds is that there's just such a, a clear understanding of what's happening to him. It's like he finds like the perfect group for him, which is that, okay, we know you're, re you're recovering addicts right now, which is, which is your one thing, but you're also going through this like major trauma in your life. And we have to help you. We have to give you the tools to like cope with that plus your addiction or plus the, the chance of relapse that you have right now. And I think, again, there's just so many beautiful 
moments in this film. I think the um, and and you know just just as a sort of initial thought point about what I loved about this movie and why I loved it so much is that there there is so much space given to the internal lives of these characters. Like every scene is just like we're not gonna like jump around to get to a plot point. We're gonna hold here and just let you experience that this person is having a moment, and you can ex- you can think about that moment as they're thinking through like you know like there's just that that real sense of like i'm going to give this performer a spe- the space to like see how he's thinking through this problem oh, yeah. um yeah and and there's just so many beautiful like a, there are, there the scene with him on the on the slide with the um with the kid from uh, the 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 classroom and, and playing he percussion before. and he's playing yeah. percussion yeah, playing percussion through yeah. that just that meant a that, lot to me as well broke my heart it was like it's so beautiful so touching and it's like you know like it's that sense that even though he's going through this thing this is still how he expresses himself and he can still reach somebody through it i was um, i was having this conversation um and i was saying um you know you know even and beethoven was that you know yeah these there are people that communicate through vibrations Music is healing no matter what, and we forget this. And, yeah. and as an ableist society, we're able to, we're able to forget this. Um, and I think the beauty of this film, at least for me, was to think about how deaf people communicate, mm-hmm. yeah. how they have to live within this world. I mean, I had to think about this. I had to think about how deaf people communicate in the summer. You know, how do you communicate if you're deaf and black? And trying to communicate mm. with the police, you know. Yeah, I thought about that a lot in July of twenty twenty. Yeah. So, you know, that's been on my mind, and I know it never was on my mind before that. And so, when I was watching this movie, I was like, "Man, like, if I was a musician traveling in a car, you know, I mean, when you're a touring musician, you're dealing with a lot of things that are coming at you. You're, you're." Mm trying to get food, trying to eat, you know, trying to communicate with whatever waitress at whatever place or waiter. And then you're, you know, trying to get uh, gas and you're trying to do whatever, to get to whatever you're trying to go to. Um, so it is a matter of survival. Um, and everybody's trying the best they can. But I do feel, um, I do feel that a lot more can be done to protect people that are mm. not able to communicate like that. I mean, I don't think it's thought about. Yeah. I yeah. And I think, thought. I think in this film, and of course we're going to get into sort of deep spoilers though. The emotional ride you take watching this movie is something that I don't feel actually can be spoiled. I'm just going to be talking about like legitimate, like the things that happen and then the effect that it had on me. I think that dash is also present that sentiment of, of the way that, um, that either deaf deaf people or or whomever are treated in that regard comes through in the way that Joe then reacts to when um uh, when he leaves to go get the surgery and then he comes back and right. is asking for favors or say asking can I stay for 4 weeks or like whatever yeah. and Joe was like no like it, th- this isn't like the the way this works mm. is we do not believe that our 
our condition or how we are needs to be fixed. And I'm glad and, you said that. Yeah. And Frank, I, I was yeah. I was curious. I want I want to um I sorry because I'm gonna forget this if I don't say it. I, I, I'm curious at email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com if you if anyone out there speaks uh, ASL I'm curious if in the beginning scene when they're all sitting around in the circle for the first time and the group is talking using uh, ASL, um, if they if they actually mention something along the lines of what Joe says, because I found it an interesting choice. A, love that they put it in and that's the reason why that sort of happened. But B, we don't hear that sentiment audibly, like in, <laughs> in, in spoken English prior to that and i'm wondering if there's like if like is part of like a motto or a creed that they were talking about like at the place like if they mention it while signing or not like right. that would be a perfect place to do it i'm just curious if anyone speaks i'd love to hear about it it's just the the callbacks in this film to that moment i think are are quite striking i, I think i i love the fact the choices that they made to like at which moment do you subtitles so that the audience understands what's happening and at which moments do you choose yes. not to subtitle because Ruben doesn't understand what's happening mm -hmm. and therefore we can like he we're sort of having to learn the the sort of what's going on as he's learning it and like I think one of the things where I was like man the word for addict in ASL is such a is such a perfect summation you know like they the word for addict the finger is on the mouth the hook. finger in the mouth and the hook wow, and I was so... like that's such a per like you know it's such a perfect encapsulation of what the you know what the the idea of addiction means um and it was like oh you're learning it as you're seeing those characters go through it and you're having to connect the, the dots yourself i think is is i it's the the the, the thing that I, I kind of liked as well as sort of a meta callback at the end was that the the character who plays lou's dad matthew or the actor who plays lou's dad matthew amore uh, i can never pronounce his name Frank. but i don't I, did you guys ever see the diving bell and the butterfly? Oh, forever um, ago. Dude, he's yeah, like, the, you know, yeah, he's like the main character, dude. He's the main character who basically, you know, like has a stroke and gets paralyzed. Yeah. And like, we have to see the, you know, like he basically, I think he can only blink is the only thing mm -hmm. that he can, that, that he can do. And he writes an entire novel. Uh, Julian Schnabel film is an incredible movie. Um, but like, it was just sort of an interesting callback to kind of seeing this, the second character going through that and negotiating that world. Um, and yeah, the, the heartbreaking thing is that there's a part of me that was like, oh, if you just get the cochlear implants, you know, like, uh, implants, you, you're going to go back and you're going to have a life again. And it's, and it's all this. And that's, the film is so smart in setting up the idea that like deafness is not a disease. It's not something to be fixed. It is, um, it is mm. a community and it is a way of looking, you know, like it's, it, it gives them this sort yes. of different tool sets for how to negotiate the world and to treat it as a handicap is the, is a, the mistake that he makes to begin with. But then it's also like the medical mistake he makes, which is that I guess, you know, you could argue the film kind of makes a little bit of a leap here, which is that someone may have should have explained to him that you're not going to get your hearing back the way it's going to come back. But at the same time, I was on that journey and I was kind of like, yes, okay, he's going to get his hearing back. And now we'll get, you know, the movie's going to take a different turn, I but he gets it back and you're like, Oh shit. Well, I took that I took that omission as very purposeful and effective yeah. because we're watching this. I mean, everything like mm. you said, we're watching this from his point of view. So we're even when when the ASL starts coming and he starts understanding it, that's when we get subtitles, etc. We are we are sutured into his experience. I like because he was so sort of single-minded about it. 
in my head, how the story went, every doctor told him that. But yeah. we don't see it because he's yes. not focusing on it. Yeah. Like, I thought that was very pertinent and, and purposeful. I, I, I do believe that was played quite well as well. I, I, yeah. I, hate, to, I hate to come in here, but I, 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 it, it meant a lot to me that, you know, the, you know, the man who was providing the space for him said, you know, listen, this is a space for people that don't treat yeah. deafness as a handicap. This is something mm -hmm. that we live with, not something that we try to fix. Yeah. I thought that was so impactful. And the fact that he said, listen, and these are consequences. Yeah. These are the consequences of that. That was, I mean, rarely do we see consequences in anything in life. Yeah. Uh, well, frankly. On that point, I mean, it's, it's how you keep a community healthy is you mm. have consequences. We're going to see if that happens with our government. Like, <laughs> like. Who precedent is not on our side, but the the you know the reason why that community, why Joe has made that community in this film, and th that it is as such a safe and sort of good place, and not safe as in like the safe space how people use it disingenuously, but like a place for people to belong, is because there are consequences when you hurt the place, right? right. Like, um, and and I really. I, Joe was probably my favorite character in this movie. I mean, it was so. <laughs> Didn't think he cast. would be. He definitely yeah. ended up being that. I yeah. was. I was moved by the performances. I thought. I thought it was touching. Frankly, I said, and, you know. Well, to that end as well, I think like Lou's character was really interesting mm -hmm. to me because mm -hmm. I think the the first time around you're just like, what you know, how can you leave him? But then. I, I also was just like, in my gut, I was like, I understand, you know, like the film gives you enough clues with the cutting on the wrist and, and you know, like the, the scratches on the wrist where you just like, I know where she's going to. And at, at this stage, it's it's a matter of survival for both these characters. That's right. um, and, and it was just like when, uh, again, every every major turning point in this movie or every major plot point is a beautiful moment unto itself. The moment when like they're in bed together at the end of the movie and he basically says, it's all, it's all right, Lou, like you made my life beautiful. Um, but it's okay. You know, it's like right. he knows that this can't go on any for any longer. And I was like this movie, like th there's just every moment is played so honestly and so perfectly um, like there, there's literally not a scene in this movie that's wasted or not a scene in this movie that doesn't earn the, the, the totality of where this movie eventually ends up. The, the moment when Lou leaves, um, yeah. you know, you're, oh you're kind of, ups, you're kind of upset, but then she'd said something, at least when I was watching it, I snapped a full 180 because she said something along the lines of you hurt yourself and you hurt me or mm -hmm. I hurt me basically saying like, if you self-destruct, I self-destruct, and yeah. that is why I'm leaving. I'm not leaving because I want to leave you. This is a but, matter of survival for my, for myself, and I'll be around, you know, yeah. when you're back. Even though that obviously didn't didn't fully out. mean the case. It's yeah, yeah. but like, but it, th there's. But so it's not. It's not. It's not a like a. It's. I don't feel the loss of it. I just go. This is the new you know this is the new normal this is you oh, know like relationships end i have to say the same i, I felt the same i said i i felt like you know as a i was like man to see a you know a, a couple in a metal band break up 
Yeah, it was hard. And it, and it's not and it and yeah. it's not played like there's no there's no histrionics about it. There's no like there's no like throwing things against the wall. It's just this like mature, honest. You know, like these two people just going, "This is you know like I'm." Thank you, and we're good. You know, like the, no, you know. I loved that bit about it—that it was um, a bit of a clean break. I, I, yeah. I, they tried to make it a bit messy with the whole, you know, oh my girlfriend, her dad. Yeah, yeah, this, right. And then all but of even that. he, even the dad has this thing where she says, like, oh, he was. I, I hated you to begin with. I like, but that now I wanted to up. thank you yeah. for like giving my daughter a place to go. Yeah. Exactly that, and 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 that was dope. And then they sang that really sad French song. Oh yeah. my god, that was so <laughs> is, weird. What did she? And, why, why was he also making her sing? Like, why would you do that? As a, like, yeah, you, and, and you can that? you can cut because like so. Then she has this story that we understand, which is that her mother died at some point, right? And or mo- her mother committed suicide, right. and she's been self harming, and the relationship with go. the father is is fraught you know like that that sort of like tension of where does that sort of pain that the trauma that she experiences come from can't you can see that there's something to do with the father in it and and she's like uncomfortable having to sing the song because he says uh, i used to you know i i used to write songs for your mother and this is one of them and it's a song if my french is any good about uh i am your daughter and i'm your father and and i'm your do- daughter and i'm your mother and and it's just right. this like trauma that he's having to relive and then we get to see it from Ruben's point of view where <laughs> the song you know like he knows it's beautiful he can kind of hear that it's that she's doing something that she wasn't doing with him because then we remember the the music that she used to play with him which was this sort of like very loud in your face middle you know like I was gonna scream I, was, into the I world. have a whole dissertation about how they filmed the uh, music oh, it's, it's so good this. Can I say this? Yeah. Here's the thing. And here's the thing about how they film, you know, early musicians, right? They go, oh, you can't really play an instrument. They go, oh, I learned this thing. And I'm like, you didn't learn a thing. I'm watching this movie. Okay. Relax. Yeah. So I'm watching the thing and I'm going, all right. And I wrote this down. Here's here's my note. And and I'm just going to read this verbatim. Opening scene. Funny, because she plays three notes. <laughs> I'm not lying. Rewatch that. <laughs> and drumming is not really metal. Comma. Rather slow and lacking double bass drum pedal. Listen, that's not shade on my end, okay? <laughs> I am not a metal connoisseur. I am only speaking on the behalf of metal fans. Right. They have spoken, not me. Okay? So, but Riz Ahmed doesn't know how to drum. Oh, Riz Ahmed, like, Riz Ahmed is an awesome drummer, and that was actually. But he very took impressed. he learned to drum for this movie. That's why I'm impressed because he did his yeah. thing. Right, Tash, you're saying they're missing some other components outside of what they're doing to it's, be. Con- listen, it's like when the Grammys were like, "Hey, we're gonna give the metal, you know, Grammy of the year to Jethro Tull." You know, that's if that makes any sense. And yeah, I think it does. <laughs> but then but then you can again, because it, like we don't actually even know what the audience is for, for the kind like I, I'm not a connoisseur of middle and especially this like really, um, uh, 
you know, garage middle kind of thing. I I don't know a lot so about it. I used to go to a lot of metal and punk shows kind of like this back in my 20s, back there when I was a bit, a bit more goth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but end of college and when I first moved to New York City, I used to go to Albalon uh, hey, Cave yeah, and right. uh, and obviously CBGBs before it before it uh, tragically closed. I was there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, CBGBs was the first building I ever went into in New York City. Right. Um, so I don't know, uh, but there, and I, I was friends with a few. This is a long story. I'm going to keep it real short. One of my very good friends growing up ended up being a gothic fetish model who ended up dating the lead singer of uh, a metal band. So I got into a lot of backstages uh, of, of places of things. And like, uh, what I can't remember a lot of this stuff, but like uh, a Slipknot show or something else. Anyway, even like the lighter stuff, we'd always be in the back and like there would be like the load up sets or the lead up sets would always be put like positioned like this or like the feeling of this movie brought mm. me back in those moments. I know that's not the crux or what this thing was going for, but to your point, Tash, how the music didn't fit the metal sort of thing. I I didn't even I'm not skilled enough to know that part about the musical aspect of it but where I was transported back to was being one of these punk rock goth kids sort of in the back just being like fuck yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah and like to this like what I would listen to now and be like I don't want to listen to that <laughs> like but, but yeah I you, but you can really. tell that they they like it might be a small audience I don't know but like they have like their specific audience. Here's the thing. I said stuff. the same thing, and I and I said, okay, here's how I could wrap this, you know, in my head, as like, all right, maybe it's like a new kind of indie metal thing, yeah. Yeah. where it's like yeah. we're being, we're just, you know, we're gonna like be, you know, deconstructionists. When yeah, it comes that's to what it felt here. like, and that's possible. It's yeah. 2021. Like clearly, anything's possible. Yeah. So I said, all right, you know, that's cool. So that's why I said. All right, but you know, in my head, you know, I had to think about the classics. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> of course. Mastodon, they weren't. Uh, <laughs> you know, but then, like, to, so I think we should talk about just the the ending ending of this movie because yeah. again, like, I think oh. what's so brilliant about it is not only how it earns that ending, but mm -hmm. like yeah. how that ending is a real journey for this character. Like, he ends up in Paris, France, like sitting alone on a park bench. And like the most of the movie is spent in the wilderness of like, in, in like uh, this beautiful, like uh retreat, not retreat, but you know, like support center in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And so right. the movie literally goes on this huge journey. And it's not just like a, it's the, the, the trip to Paris is not just like a passing thing. It's where he needs to reconcile everything he's wanted. And he ends up in Paris and he takes off the implants and does the thing that Joe says that he needs to do. And again, so well earned because, Joe, you know, the, the, the actor who plays Joe is so good. But, you know, he says that line, which is that it's, you know, I think I see you moving all the time. And have you ever allowed yourself to sit in silence? Because that's where I believe the kingdom of God is. And that's where... Um, and that will never abandon you. Like the world will abandon you, but that that silence won't abandon you. And I, I was just like, and then you get to the moment where he has to do that, or he has to like, he kind of chooses to do that. And it's so 
well earned you know like it, it it's like he's choosing in the face of like these church bells and these children that are skateboarding and the middle of paris and he's choosing silence and it's he's kind of found this piece now you know moving forward i don't know how his life's going to be or what challenges he's going to face but he's the, the movie has set up this perfect journey for him um to reach at that point and it's so you know like matt you said you just kind of sat there in silence you know, like listening, just letting the movie wash over you. Well, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. This is the from a structural, not how this movie implements it, but on the page, structural um, sort of uh, read of this type of ending. You know me. I don't but normally. Is, I know. I don't. I know. I don't but this normally. This is not that ending. This I is know. Not, there's but, no but, ambiguity about this. Well, the, the thing is, uh, for, uh, that's the sort of the interesting part. No, there is not, and that's because of what you said. This it is an earned moment, right? The, and, right. It, and, and through that earning, a moment that could be considered ambiguous is absolutely not. Like the 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 way that this movie calls back so many small details to its larger sort of points is quite insane. I guess this will kind of get into, I think, my final thoughts on this sort of thing. The thing that I really uh, re uh, saw in this film were these beautiful callbacks. So even, for instance, small things like when they're driving the very beginning of the film and they uh, end up driving and you they're having like a conversation in the RV where yeah. it's like they're like talking about like resurrection or whatever or cremation. Oh, you know, you can get people's ashes into tattoos like and then Lou says like oh get mine and this that and the other thing uh, and next to the next to the clown on your back and then yeah. at the end of the film when he's putting on his shirt leaving Lou's you see for the you first the time the, clown, the clown on his back you the the moment where he's fixing the roof and Joe's like what the fuck are you doing it's a twofold thing one it, there's an uh, addiction quality there where you're always trying to have something to do or be busy or find a routine, etc. But then also, he's fixing a thing that no one asked him to fix, i.e. Yeah. referencing his hearing. Like, there's so many of these things that by the time you get to that moment at the end of the film, again, how you said, Shahir, we don't actually know if Ruben's going to be okay. I, this movie convinced me to do something that I very rarely do, and that is have a actual belief <laughs> that Ruben will be okay. <gasps> I don't know it, but I believe yeah. it. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yes. Tash. Tash, your hand is raised. Counterpoint. Tash, Tash in the front row. Yes, <laughs> yes sir. What, what have you got to say? Counterpoint. <laughs> he might not make it. <laughs> <laughs> he might not. I'm but that, but I think that's, not. An, no, I'm that's kidding. an important distinction. Because yeah. just, I don't know that he will, but yeah. but the way that his journey was told to me, it, it, I can reword it to be like, I believe he has the potential to do it. And like, and that's sort of where I, I'm at. I would love to add an addendum to what I, mm. to what I put forth and, and, and to add on to what you said. That last scene when he's sitting um, on the park bench and he's staring into the future essentially, um, he decides that he would take the advice of, I believe Joe is the name. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know, stillness was the answer and silence was the answer. And I did find that that was quite a remarkable ending and quite a remarkable lesson um, to commit to 
um, for yeah. the filmmakers of the film. I thought that was, um, you know, courageous is a big word, but I'll say it. You know, it yeah, was yeah. it was courageous to do. You know, that's what the film is about. You know, this guy is taken off. I don't want to ruin things here, but no, no, we're we we're way past movie. spoiler town. <laughs> we're way past yeah. spoiler town. We're in spoiler <laughs> village, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so you're smell- we bypass spoiler village into spoiler yeah. city. Yeah. You're, smell- you're smelling rotten tomatoes and. Uh, yep, know. and yeah. we're going really fast in cars that are being pushed down by wind on their tail end, so they don't flip over. That's lit. Yeah. As long as they're not DeLoreans, we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. Know. You know what I mean? So, you know, as long as, um, you know, the, the, those things were realized and, and those lessons were realized, it's kind of worth it, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly. So, yeah, for me, again, I think the, the sort of poetry in this film is the is is the sort of commitment to the honesty that, that, that the storytellers tell. I think the other thing is Darius Marta chose to shoot this on 35 mil and like. So one thing is is that that gives you that sort of like textural quality that I think you know yep. is evident. It looks great. That every digital um, thing is trying to chase from time to time. Yeah, exactly. But but um, listening to some interviews with Riz Ahmed and um, and Darius Marta is that they were talking about the fact that like they just had to commit. You know, like they don't they. It's not like shooting on digital where you can just do take after take after take after take. You know, they sometimes have only two takes to get this thing right. So they. They just have to commit that this is the film that they're going to get in the can, and there's not a lot you can kind of add to it. And I think, I think there's there's, there's something, it's 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 honesty, but it's like the sort of miraculous um, uh, faith in in committing to what the story is about. And like, so Shivali was watching the film like beside me, and and she was like. I'm supposed again. I'm I'm supposed to be working right now, but this is such a compelling uh, movie. I'm kind of having. I'm kind of stuck. I have to watch this movie. I have to see this through. And and you know, I think she was just saying is like, um, you know, we're coming up to the to to the sort of the the year end wrap of 2020 movies that we're going to be talking about. And you know, two movies that really stuck out with me are Miss Juneteenth and this. Mm. And the reason they stuck out was that they were movies about really small moments you know like miss juneteenth is about trying to get seven hundred dollars uh you know like uh um sound of metal is about a guy going deaf and having to deal with it but they're monumental like both those films are like monumental they're they're bigger on an emotional scale than almost anything i saw that featured explosions or you know the biggest production value ever it was just these movies are 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 monuments, you know, like of 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 emotionally wrought storytelling, that to me just kind of reminds me like this is what powerful cinema is. And I think what's cool, like no, sorry, let me rephrase that. I was about to say what's cool about the pandemic. I don't want to say Whoa, that because that's shitty because the pandemic is shitty. Wait a minute. But like, like, <laughs> what's have what's had to happen is is that the biggest movies of the years have all been shelved or like been released on HBO or whatever, and we as viewers have kind of had to had to like find these other movies that may not have gotten the attention that they would have gotten had be been in like an ordinary year and like right. you know Wonder Woman was the biggest thing and that's all everyone was talking about but like you know a film like Sound of Middle which may you know bad term may have been drowned out in an ordinary year where it was up against like five blockbusters has this moment here where it's the only thing and I think it's like it's so much more provocative it's so much more powerful it's just 
I, you know, again, monumental storytelling. So, so eloquently done, so beautifully rendered, and so committed to honesty and telling a story that, like, resonates in a way that that captures this is a movie that's gonna like there are some movies that you watch the first time you go this is a for life movie this is a movie i'm gonna remember for the rest of my life and this is a movie i'm gonna know i'm gonna remember when i saw it i'm gonna remember how i felt when i saw it i'm gonna remember how i how it changed the way i look at the world and this is just one of those movies like it you know it profoundly changes the way you look at the world and i you know what, what more can you ask for you from, go. like, you know, cinema in 2020? Tash, give us the mm. final thought on Sound of Metal, oh my if you'd gosh. be so kind. Well, uh, you know, I, I think that um, it is quite an important reminder to appreciate what you have in terms of the <laughs> sense of literally as basic as it is of your hearing. Obviously, this is an extreme example of, a, of a, a gentleman who is in a band and plays the drums and is um, mm. having a rapid de- deterioration of his, of his hearing. But um, this is the lesson we can all take um, to, you know, for me, I mean, I, I was pressed when I saw this movie, man. I, I can't even t- t- give you a quick, but I was like, oh, my God, I was stressed out. I said, oh, man, like, oh, let me get... I got to write a couple of the songs. I got to do a couple of things here. Um, but it just reminded me to be thankful, you know, and, uh, you know, that's it, really. Yeah. We, we, that's it. Yeah. One, I mean, just one last thing about the COVID thing that's been terrifying me is the, you know, like one of the, the key symptoms of COVID is uh, lose, loss of taste and smell. And um, there are people who have been losing it permanently. And I like the only thought that goes through my mind about that is like chefs and people who work with food and, you know, like just the thought that this, th- you know, cause chefs like musicians are artists and, and, you know, like live their entire life through, through food. And just like imagine if you lost the ability to appreciate that entirely, like not even just to make it, but to appreciate it. And I, I, I think like this movie kind of encapsulates that fear so well um, in terms of like there is what's beautiful about it is there's hope you know like there's hope in this movie even though it's honest about yeah it, it's gonna fucking suck yeah well this everybody out there in internet land has been the only podcast about the film Sound of Metal Tash did it. thank you so much for so- coming on and chatting with us thank you so much for having me I'm I'm so thrilled. I'm throwing my hands up. Like a <laughs> yeah. uh, where can folks find you on this wild west of an internet town? Yo, I'm out here on the Instagram. I'm at um, Tash underscore Neil. That's my name. Uh, mm-hmm. Very um, basic. I'm like uh, <laughs> the Burbs plotline. I'm basic, folks. <laughs> thank you. Thank the base you. Tom Hanks movie. Yes, by yes, the way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And and people should obviously check out uh, your stuff over on Spotify again. Oh yeah, at, uh, no, yeah, um, I I do. <laughs> I am a musician. Sorry. Yeah. I <laughs> Yikes. No, yeah, I am a musician, and uh, I have a bunch of singles out. So please check out. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music. Yes, those things. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, of course. Shahir, when you are not <laughs> telling us <laughs> what's good about the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Where can folks find you? You can find me holed up in my hidey hole in lockdown, telling you how great Seamless is. Um, on my website at www.shahirdaud.com. Uh, also the most basic of, uh, of names, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, Matt, when you are discovering the shards of metal that might be being implanted in your ears, where can people find you? You can find me putting uh, repulsor technology on them to keep them at bay over at my website at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and PSN, and of course, Emperor MSK on Twitter. See, what you two have is your name consistently through your socials. Mine is a mishmash of shit I've invented between when I was 19 and 37. So uh, we'll see whose plan works better. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be mine. Also, uh, please check out the good works we're doing over at Extra Credits. By this time, we'll be deep into our third uh, our third crusade series on Saladin. Uh, please check that out on our history side, and we'll be... Uh, doing some couple other episodes over there. And, of course, email us in with your thoughts on Sound of Metal or any other film you'd like us to talk about at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. Um, Shahir, what are, what are we doing next week? I, I think we should just uh, do something I write for, like, an entire episode. We should just review Damn right. Cash's tracks. <laughs> this I is agree. probably one of the few cases where we could use his music you could use your music without fear of copyright, or we don't or not. Know. You, you, you don't see no, that. No, no, Tash would be like, "Fuck these guys! Yeah. I want like <laughs> thousands of dollars per play." <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe in these the darkest timeline, and uh, we'll talk at you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.